0: Yeah, under club, everything since his first press conference, the way he um, dished out his vision for the club, it was done in a very Liverpool way as well, which I think helped. Um, when it comes to transfers, how do you get the inside word out to the public and how does that work? What's the procedure?
1: Okay, you know, from the outside in, right, like there's certain journalists that you saw from me, one of them seems to obviously hear things. Because every, I mean, you pick up the paper and every day someone's moving somewhere, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that 99% of it's lost or, you know, made up to yeah. to, to, just, you know, to sell um, papers, yeah, whatever. But, like, as it relates to, like, the when how do you start to hear about the real things that are going on?
2: Yeah, it, it's, there's, there's not really one particular place. It, it, it's a whole host of different places and sometimes it could be, an agent. Sometimes it could be a current player. Sometimes it could be an ex-player. Yep. So it, sometimes it's someone in the recruitment department um, at Liverpool or at, at another club. Um, and yeah, I, I always just, you know, it, it, I've got to be honest, it's an element of the job I don't particularly enjoy. Yep. It's like, I, you know, the best day of the year for me is when the, the summer transfer window <laughs> is shut because it's <laughs> like, at least there's like a, a little bit of respite before the January one comes along and January never tends to be quite as crazy. Um, but yeah, it's all—it's always a case of, I mean, first of all, obviously there's so many rumours and I think over the, the course of my time covering Liverpool, it's become increasingly easy for those rumours to gather pace mm. to the point where lots of people just believe it to be true because of social media, things just get retweeted and repeated and, and embellished and everything else. And then obviously as well, there's so many hundreds and hundreds of websites that just, you know, it's clickbait nonsense that just rely purely on, on like, you know, feeding this obsession Mm. with transfers. Uh, um, So yeah, a lot of time is spent kind of weeding through those Mm. rumors really. And some of the rumors are so outlandish, in terms of either the identity of the so-called target or the amount of money, you know, Mbappe or something. Like, you know, it's that's the kind of thing I don't need to check out because I, I know Liverpool's, you know, you, you roughly know what they've got to spend yeah. in a window. And so if that's, you know, that's an outrageous figure, it's like, well, we can definitely yeah, really count that out. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, you just go through a process each time
1: of trying to contact people you trust. Um, Did I... Sometimes leak it to you, like it, because I mean Liverpool have traditionally been very close shop and not want it to yeah spare. that you know. If you think about, you know, there's been a lot of the surprises, the, the lies and that you know, who, yeah. most people are going never heard of this guy really, in in real terms beforehand. But do they ever come to you and say we want you to put this out there? Sometimes, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it tends to be sometimes it's
2: different different people might give you some information. But, but obviously also you, you kind of know as a journalist, when someone gives you some information, it's because they want it out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, you, but then you've got to ask yourself, why do they want it out there? Yeah. And that, that's an issue you have when sometimes you're taking information from agents because you kind of ask, well, what's, what's their motivation for this? Because quite often, you know, I've had agents give me information that then I've been told is wrong, not published it. And then they'll ring me saying, you know, where, where's the story? And I'm like, well, I'm not doing the story because I don't that believe help it's with true. The and they, yeah, and they and wanted because yeah. it, it obviously, you know, you link your client with Liverpool, and it, you know, I've seen it time and time again where, you know, the same player keeps on getting linked with Liverpool, and you know, I think there was there was there was one there was one with Nicholas Pepe, wasn't there? Going yeah. back, Ooh. you know, it was a, a few. years. I know you look at obviously where his career's at now, yeah. but before he went to Arsenal, and it was you know Liverpool got so annoyed that Michael Edwards actually like contacted his club because they they became aware that it was actually his, his current club yep. in France that were kind of, that were briefing journalists that Liverpool are in for him because they were trying to create a market. Um, so, we, yeah, it can be difficult to to weed out what's true from, from what's not. Um, and, yeah, it's just, there's no there's no kind of foolproof plan yeah. to it, really. I mean, I, I always just think, you know, that although there's a thirst to be, like, first with the news, I've always thought, like, Give me seconds and being accurate than first and wrong anytime yeah. because yeah. you could get nine out of ten transfer stories right, but it's the one you get wrong mm. that people are just yeah. repeatedly mm. remind you of. So Yeah. And, and, and you obviously
1: you moved on from the echo and I'm interested in, in this part of next stage of your career, or moving roles there. Going to the athletic, owned by the New York Times. Um sort of like the the the, the I was going to say the birth, but one of the first sort of subscription you know, people are people going to yeah. People weren't used to paying for quality yeah. journalism, right? Um, and they've recruited a tremendous base of of global journalists to write for them. Um, and obviously, the, when you were at Liverpool Echo, you had a certain kind of community that would have known you, and and now you've got the, your stuff's all over news feeds all over the world. Um, was it has it given you more of a global voice? You think, it's as, as a journalist, did you, are you hearing more from around the world? Because
2: yeah, I think so. Although, although I, I did notice in the last years at the Echo that it, the, as the shift at the Echo went much more from print to online, you, you noticed that even like comments on the end of stories were from all parts of the world, yeah. and obviously doing the pre-season tours that I've, I've done to to Australia and the Far East and the states. Um, you know, you you realized oh, you know. Yeah. People, people kind of are aware of your work and who you are, because I think the the other thing with the echo is they were one of the first to kind of really embrace the multimedia side of it. So kind of quite often if someone was reading a story, like a video with with my mug on it would pop up in the middle of it. So it was like, people would kind of get to know who you were, but yeah, it was a very different job going to the athletic because Mm. um, it it just came out the blue. It was a few weeks before the champions league final in 2019 um got got a phone call to say you know would I would I be willing to go down to London to have a meeting with them um that you know the, and I kind of I kind of knew of the athletic but I didn't really know I'm not a massive american sports fan at yep. the time that was that that was what they did you know the the major american sports and then you know went down met the owners and they they explained that they wanted to expand into covering premier league football and they were going to oh, recruit okay. kind of people yeah. from and they're primarily looking at kind of beat writers on like n- local newspapers around the UK. Um, and the more they explained it to me, it almost it almost felt like it was too good to be true because it was they said, you know, what we want is the more in depth stuff. We yeah. want and, and that is where in journalism in general it kind of moved away from that because we kept getting told at the Echo it's gotta be short and you yeah. know, and mm. and everything's gotta, you know, be yeah. three or four hundred <clears throat> words, it's gotta have a hook on it for like SEO purposes yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you know, you've got to draw people I love in. The so Copy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember going to meetings at the echo where people said, said, Oh, no one will ever read more than 300 words on their phone or something. And like now it just seems absolutely like laughable. Yeah, but exactly. th- that was kind of like the way it was going. And um, so to suddenly be told, well, we'd like you to come and work f- for us. And we want you to do more long form stuff. And rather than do five or six articles a day, which was what I was having to do at the echo, they were like, we want two or three a week. But of course, the challenge is that it's got to be stuff that is not available anywhere else because it's it's a subscription model. Yeah. So it has to be worth paying for it, yeah. paying for it. so. So it was like so when it, I remember lots of people said to me in like the months after kind of stuff like oh it must be easier and I was mm. like well it's not really easier it's just different because yeah. it's still challenging because you've got to try and come up with different stuff. But I, I, yeah, it it's was just, just a,
1: a, for me it's a different level and quite I subscribe and thanks. and. It's just a different, like, it, the insight. And as you say, you've got, to, you've got to find it. It's just, you know, for someone who loves the game and a bit of a student of the game, you get got that next level of, of information and, and quality of content coming through. I, yeah, I think yeah. that's what they've really nailed.
2: Yeah, and, and, I, and I think also, in, you know, I think when the Athletics started off covering the Premier League, there was almost like a suspicion of like, well, what, you know, what does this kind of mean for everyone mm-hmm. else or something? And what, you know, what are you doing? And it's like, but I actually think it's good for journalism in general. To show that people are willing to pay for, for yeah. quality content, 100%. because you know, and obviously now the times have made their paywall work. The Telegraph have got a paywall as well, and you know, I, I think it's actually the watch journalism should have gone down if the it's road. Quality of. content, yeah, if it, yeah, if, yeah, of it, right? yeah, 100%. 100% yeah. Because otherwise, it becomes a bit of a race to the bottom, and yeah. that you know, and and you know, I've I've seen that you know, with with the way that you know, with companies that just prioritize web hits. It inevitably, yeah, inevitably, inevitably right, the, you know. standards take take a hit because if that is all your motivation is, um, then you know that that isn't mm. that isn't quality
0: journalism. Yeah, there you go. As an experienced journalist, do you have any advice for myself? Um, yeah, I think you know that.
2: I get lots of kind of journalism students like contacting me and I mentor a few of them. And they, I always say to them, you, you've just got to do everything you possibly can to try and stand out from the rest. Cause it, it is competitive. Um, yeah. and it's not the kind of thing I don't think it's, it's, it's not worth trying to do if you're half-hearted about it I and think you think I might like to do this, but I'm not really too sure or if you think everything's going to fall into your lap because yeah. it won't, it's, is it. It's hard, but the jobs are there. Yeah. Like the, the job, the, and, and in fact, these days there's so many compared to when I was kind of trying to get a foot in the door. There's so many more opportunities yeah. to, to write and to be published now than there ever was yeah. back then. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it, I, I always say to people like, just think how you can set yourself apart in terms of in terms of producing a body of work. Where when then, if you're going to go in to meet someone in terms of with a job opportunity that might be coming up what makes you stand apart. How do you stand out from the pack? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and even when you're writing stories, and if you, if you whether it's a blog or for a website or something, just a different way of doing things and thinking about, well, just because everyone's writing about that, maybe I should write about this. Or, you know, just interesting topics and subjects that maybe aren't getting the attention that they deserve elsewhere. And and, and I think the other big thing that, that I always say to people now is, is get out and see people and meet people and, and like, build contacts because, yeah, because yeah, I think, and, and I'm guilty of this probably as as much as anyone these days, it's so easy to just be, be you know, just I'll send someone a WhatsApp message or whatever, yeah. or, you know, or organize a Zoom or whatever. And it, still, I, I think nothing beats actually being sat in front of someone. I 100% agree. Yeah.
1: I think you do too. We're
2: here. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I, especially because the whole thing with building contacts is building trust and, and you can only do that, you know, people, like I get people, well, how do you get contact? You know, I, I am going got any contacts. And so it's, it's not it's not like a, a switch that you yeah, can flick yeah, yeah, and go, yeah, well, yeah, there's yeah. 10 contacts go, or something. Yeah, nah. it's, it's, same just, same,
1: it's exactly the same business. It's yeah, just, exactly. You know, yeah. You just got to just get, you know, get your head down, yeah. hard work, you know, be really passionate about it. Yeah. And get uh, you know, everything. And, and then try and be better than everybody else. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know. Exactly. 100%. Try and stand out. All right. Well, next to
0: a couple of comparisons, I think. I'll do one, you do one. Alright. For James. Alright. Prime Suarez or Prime Torres? Do
2: you know what? I think I would have to go prime Suarez. Um Okay. Yeah, although although I think maybe Torres' legacy is obviously tarnished a bit because of the way things ended with demanding the move and going to Chelsea, I think shouldn't overlook just how incredible yeah. he was yeah. after that move from Atletico Madrid. I mean he was I always think of that goal against Blackburn where he just, you know, hooked it into yeah. that far corner and there were, you know, even on his debut, I think was it the Anfield debut against Chelsea, wasn't it, where he just shrugged off the defender. Just and summer, started, yeah, yeah, that burst of speed yeah. before the kind of, the hamstring injuries kicked in and, and hampered him a bit and then obviously lost his way. But I think, for me, Suarez is on a different level. I think, I I, I think Suarez has done things on a football pitch for Liverpool that I've, I've not seen anyone seen before. Come, yeah, yeah. come close either before or since and, and as, you know, Salah, it has to be mentioned in the same breath as the greatest that have ever pulled on a Liverpool shirt when you look at what he's done over such a sustained period. But I think I think for wow moments that you know there were periods under Suarez, especially thirteen, fourteen. Where he was unplayable. Where we, yeah. mm. like you look at. I saw. It, I only saw it yesterday. Actually, I think it was Lucas Laver had it on one yes. of his social media yeah, yeah, accounts. The header right. yeah, from yeah. like the edge of the box, and it's like, how do you score with a header yeah. from the edge yeah. of the box? I, mean,
1: I reckon whenever they went down to play Norwich, everyone just would have gone. Yeah, do you remember he always yeah. used to he score always four goals, yeah. four or yeah. three yeah, goals? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, I remember like being sat at Carrow Road in the press box, and and it, you know and. And when he scored from the halfway line, yeah. you know, like Norwich fans yeah. around me just like stood up and applauded him. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course there was another side to Suarez that, that, you know, the, the controversies that dogged him and he, you know, but, on the pitch, he was an absolute lunatic. Is, right? yeah. But it's, when yeah. you get that level yeah. of talent, if yeah. you think
1: through the, the years, you yeah, yeah. never quite get that level of yeah. genius without something. Yeah. And, and I remember,
2: I remember Brendan Rodgers telling me a story about how he, he said, he said in terms of like mindset, he'd never met anyone like him because he said, he, he said there were, there were times when he would come in the building the day after a game and his legs would be covered in bruises. He'd be limping. He said, you'd be thinking, well, he, you know, we've got a game in two days. Like he's got no chance. And, and he, they'd say to him, well, Louis, just have a swim, you know, get a, you know, a massage and get yourself home. And Suarez was like, "No, no, no, I'm training." Yeah, you joking? and, yeah. and he and he said he'd be out there four four belts, and he said like something you just couldn't rein him in because that was that was him, and that was the way he, that was the way he played, and that's why it you know it, it, there is you know the sadness attached to the 13, 14 for a lot of reasons, not least because of you know what you know the the cruel hand of fate with, with yep. Steven Gerrard, but yes, yeah, so, I mean that is a you know Suarez deserved to be a title winner that that season and yeah i think just just because of the moments i mean even i remember being at the stadium of light when he scored from that impossible angle yeah, as yeah, well yeah. and you just yeah I, I just think in terms of moments that you just think you know, he yeah. used to play like one twos just off defender shins just yeah. for the hell of it it's just yeah. like
1: this guy is on a different did planet. you go were you you should the season tour before to australia were you at the mcg I was, yeah, yeah. That was, when they had the 100,000. Yeah, there. So yeah, yeah. Bit, yeah it was yeah. one of your first Liverpool games yeah. and Suarez didn't play because he was, trying to, he was, he was trying, trying, to trying to get the transfer at the time. To Arsenal, but, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, was yeah. the big disappointment. I mean, there was nothing disappointing about the game, but that was disappointing. I never got to see Suarez play. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. He was sulking at the time, wasn't yeah. he? Because I remember Rodgers had to banish him to, to train on his own. I always remember being, I can't remember what the name of the hotel was in Melbourne, but being called with some other journalists to like a, a meeting with a few Anfield officials that night to they then they actually like yep. it was about the fact that Arsenal would put in this bid for forty yeah. million and one pound. One, and, yeah. Um and it's yeah, it's it, it, it I th- I think you know, now you cut that kind of gets airbrushed a little bit, did not it? The fact that he was
1: he was trying to join yeah. Arsenal at the time. I was one of the greatest um, nights for Australia, like you never walk alone, bounding out at the MCG. Like yeah. you must have thought it was a bit weird being over the other side of the earth and a <laughs> hundred thousand people show up to watch a football game in a, yeah, in a country just, that's not traditionally a football country. No,
2: yeah. no, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, I, I'd been fortunate enough to be to, be at the MCG before I went to watch Essendon Carlton there. Oh yeah,
1: really? Um,
2: back in I, I was backpacking in like two thousand. That would have been. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. slightly surreal to be there. To end "You Never Walk Alone." Yeah, you're on my shoulders at night. But no, that.
1: Prime Barnes or Prime Bidsley? Oh, again, that is a that is a tricky. We're one. not making them easy for um, you, James. No,
2: <laughs> no, I, I think I would have to go Prime Barnes. Yeah. Just, I think he, just because he he was one of my all time all time favorites. One of, yeah, yeah. You know, the net left foot. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, he scored that that day. I went to Anfield for the first time in 1990. Liverpool two Chelsea. Nearly scored that day. Um, he was just a majestic footballer, wasn't he? And yeah. then, and then, it, you know, in terms of the longevity, I think as well. In terms of then he, you know, he became this kind of like controlling centre midfielder when obviously he didn't didn't have the legs to to fly past defenders anymore. So. Um, yeah, I yeah, and I you know have been again you know one of the perks of the job is you kind of get to know these guys as well and yeah he's a great guy Barnsey so yeah, I I mean I'd have him well and truly and like probably the firmly in, ensconced in like the top five or six ever to have pulled on a Liverpool Ooh. shirt.
0: wow Virgil van Dyke or Jamie Carragher <sighs> oh
2: that might may well be the toughest of the lot what's the are we talking. If you just had to have one in your team, or in terms of contributions, in their
1: primes, primes. you've got to pick one.
2: I think in see that is hard. I think I would have to go Van Dyke, just because of in terms of outfield players, he has to be the most transformative signing in in the Premier League era for Liverpool. In terms of where they were at before he came in, and then where he took them to with. You know, even in that first season, when he came in halfway through to take them to Kiev in the way he did, and then yeah. to win the Champions League, win the Club World Cup, then win the Premier League, um, yeah, and I, I, you know, but <laughs> that with the caveat that you know what an incredible you know one club man Jamie Carragher was, and we talk about Istanbul earlier on, mm. you know how heroic he was that mm. night in terms of you know one of the abiding images of him being all cramped up mm. and barely able to move, and, yeah. Um, and he—he's he's such a great guy, Jamie Carragher. So much time for him in terms of someone who gave me hey, so much, block. so much help. Like when he when when I joined the Echo, you know, he he went out of his way to 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 kind of you know he he really cared about that bond with his local newspaper. That he's you know he, you know he's got he's, he does so much. To, I know. So much of what he does just goes under the radar because sure. he doesn't want it. You know, he's given so much back to
1: this city. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, incredibly humble yeah. and and down to earth. Yeah. And also, yeah, around what two thousand and five, two thousand and seven, maybe two thousand and eight. There probably wasn't a better centre half hmm. in Europe than him. When you think of it was, you know, and it, and it was, you know, he always had this. I know he's talked about it where he felt, you know, he always had to prove himself. There was always. You know, being the local lad that people were doubting him and you know who's gonna come in and who's gonna potentially yep. take his place, but that that just seemed to like spur yeah. him on to the the next level. Yeah, there you go. Sturridge or Peter Crouch? <laughs> uh <laughs> I think I think I'd go Sturridge. Just yeah. because I think one of the when you think back of my time covering the club in terms of disappointments, was it, it felt that with Sturridge was someone who was so incredibly talented there was a bit of potential unfulfilled there in terms yeah. of not being able to kick on after 13 14 and um i remember it was interesting at the time because it was that was pretty much the only season where he stayed fit for the for the, for the whole Full year time, yeah and it was i remember like him and suarez didn't they weren't like pally they didn't get on particularly but it was almost like it was almost like that almost spurred him on the fact that suarez was doing so well it was yeah. like well i'll you know i'll show you that i can i can be just I can as important magic kind of yeah. And yeah, it was, you know, he was, yeah, you know, and you, you see him now, like he started doing some media work in this country for mm-hmm. Sky Sports. And, you know, I think he, he he speaks really well about the game and he's like, he's fun and passionate. Mm. And it was, I, I felt really sorry for him because, you know, obviously when someone gets injuries as well, then it inevitably leads to talk about, you know, how much do they want it? And are they, resi- you know, mental resilience and all mm. that, which just so, it's always so harsh when, you, know, we don't, you don't know how someone's feeling and you know when you have injuries it must make mm. you doubt your body and what you're capable yep. of pushing yourself through so yeah although yeah. Crouchy had some great moments along along the way and you know I think th- the great thing about Peter Crouch is I think it's almost unheard of for someone to have played for so many clubs and be loved at every single one yeah, of them yeah, he's just got which that personality. says yeah, a lot about yeah, him yeah. As, a, as, a, as a guy yeah yeah, yeah but yeah it'd have to be Sturridge All there right. you go
1: Messerano or McAllister <sighs>
2: Oh, I think at the minute I'd have to go Mascherano just because I think it's too early in McAllister's yeah, yeah. yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think he's I think he's um, going to be a brilliant signing for Liverpool. McAllister, I thought it it made perfect sense him being the priority signing of, of the summer, and it was you know a, you know a real bargain thirty five million quid yeah. for him. And you look well, at just, some of the feeds. we're going to ask the
1: question though. he's yeah. playing in the six right now. Do you see that changing? Do you think he's a stopgap there until they sign someone in January? Surely. what do you, you think is going on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, do you know what? At the moment, it's the one kind of nagging concern that I've got about this this team is, you know, whether that will cost Liverpool when they come up against Man City and maybe even United or Arsenal in terms. Because I think I think McAllister is the number six is absolutely fine against lesser opposition. I just think there's been times when he's, you know, you can see it doesn't completely yeah. come naturally to him. Yes, he played deeper at times to Brighton, but that was when he had Caicedo for company alongside yes. him. So, um, personally, I hope that Endo grows in stature and there's some si- positive signs of that. And we see McAllister freed up to play a little bit further forward. If that doesn't happen, then, yeah, I think they might need to look again in terms of bringing someone else in because, I, you know, I, I just don't see McAllister as a, as a natural yeah. six. No, I, I agree. agree.
1: I, yeah. Well, the kid, this guy from, uh, what's his name? Um, the kid they're looking at from Brazil. Andre? Andre the, yeah. You know, They must have pretty big reps on him. Yeah, they certainly inquired about him
2: back in the summer. Um, you know, obviously when they were kind of, I think that was after about the second bid was rejected for so Lavia. They were in the middle of a title chance. Um, the, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, the Copa Libertadores was going on at the time. So they were like, no, no, no chance till January. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether that's revisited.
0: Yeah. Uh, Robertson or John Arnaresa? Oh, Andy Robertson, a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think, I think in terms of yeah, what he's given Liverpool from, you know, this amazing rise. When you you know you listen to him talk about you know his days, you know playing amateur, amateur football virtually for you know Queens Park in Scotland yeah. and you know answering the phones at Hampden Park wow. to you know for the the hospitality ticket sales and you know to be relegated with the whole City to, to then come to Liverpool and of course you know it's. First three or four months at the club are really difficult. You know, yeah. he barely got a look in. Alberto Moreno was still the first choice left back. Um, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's unbelievable. Now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, when, yeah. When you think about it, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah. and you look at where his career has gone from from there to, to eight here. Million, so, right? Eight million, right? Yeah, it's eight million pounds. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah.
1: last. The last one of these is uh, is, is is left with me. Um, Ricky Lambert or Andy Carroll. If you had To pick one. <laughs> You've got to pick one.
2: Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs>
1: well, oh my words, that is You've got to choose it's one. It's not an embarrassment
2: of riches, is it? Um Do you know what? I would probably I would probably sorry to draw that one out I, you, would, yeah. I would probably have to go Andy Carroll, just because I I felt sorry for him. And I felt sorry for him during his time at Liverpool because it was a ridiculous where Ricky Lambert was clearly like, he was brought in as a squad player and, you know, and it was just, it it was a bit of a bizarre decision when they were making a real hash of replacing Suarez. And obviously they end up panicking and signing Balotelli at the back end of the window. It was like, with with Andy Carroll, I've got genuine, you know, sympathy for him. The fact that he, he was made the most expensive British footballer ever. And he played, I think it was 41 Premier League, mm. Premier League games he'd scored you know just over a dozen goals or something mm. was he 22 years of age was just kind of getting to grips with stardom at his boyhood mm. club Newcastle mm. that, that certainly you know weren't the Newcastle they are of today um, so yeah just impossible expectation levels and pressure on him um, and then also you know he, he, he was bought for you know I think when Liverpool bought Suarez Camoli saw him as more of a number 10 and Carroll would be like the, the number nine. But then it became clear, actually, Suarez is much much more of a number nine. And then, of course, you know, the style of the team wasn't really equipped to play into Carroll's strength. Yeah. So he, he would speak to players who played in that team and Carroll would be like, you know, just, just wall, wall it up, just yeah. Wall yeah.
1: up to me. And it was like, well, no, that's not... Lock, no, what was it then? if I can't follow Wimbledon against Chelsea? And yeah. When he got thrown on, I was like, it was actually... I thought we were actually might have. He almost he came close a couple of times in yeah, the last yeah. ten minutes of that game, you know, because of of that lobbed up and he was he was that sort of an option, wasn't he? Yeah, you yeah. Know, and it, he it always he wasn't. You know. He
2: always have that late winner against Everton in the <laughs> FA Cup semi. I think yeah. for that for that reason, he's he's got to get the nod.
1: Yeah,
0: fair enough. All right, a couple of quick fire questions for you, and then it's game time. Okay. Best ever import. <sighs> um. It's a tough one. It's
1: a tough one. Suarez.
2: It would probably would have to be Suarez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with an mention for, before, yeah. yeah. With an honorable, honorable mention for Van Dyke and, yeah. and Alisson as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, let's not overlook Alisson and yeah. what Liverpool have achieved. Because, exactly. Yeah. The upgrade from
0: Carriers to him. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the outhouse to the penthouse uh, right there. Right? Yeah, yeah. The
0: best player you wish went to Liverpool. Oh, best
2: player I wish had gone to Liverpool. I mean, you you see pictures of a young Kevin De Bruyne don't you in a in a Liverpool shirt mm-hmm. and you think i don't what like, if? yeah what if yeah he would have i, I love de bruyne as a as a as a player and um yeah he would have you know there's been there's been a fair few kind of near misses over the years i remember doing an article a few years back on the ones that had come close and and it hadn't gone through but um yeah i mean aguero was another one that i know oh. before he, before he went to man city liverpool were were seriously Looking at and you know Phil Thompson, who was assistant manager in a Huillet, will tell you about trips to go and see Cristiano Ronaldo when when he was a, a kid, and and suddenly you know the price going up, and before they knew it, United had done the deal. Yeah. So there's a few what ifs there.
0: Yeah, best bargain buy, Joel Matip, <laughs> free.
2: Yeah, I mean in terms, yeah, I mean Matip. You know, if you're looking at re- like free transfer wise, you'd have to throw Matip and Milner. Into oh, yeah. into into well. the mix in terms Agreed. of what, in terms of what they've given Liverpool over a prolonged period in terms of like small fees I think you know we go back to Andy Robertson yeah. you know, eight, eight million quid from Hull that's pocket from, change isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that was why Liverpool you know Edwards and Klopp between them were able to scale such heights and win all the biggest prizes because the recruitment was just you know you almost go. unheard of to have so many hits and so few misses
0: yeah best South American player
1: but not outside of Suarez outside,
0: outside of Suarez yeah. outside of Suarez yeah, yeah. Um, that is
2: that is difficult isn't it I mean I did I did absolutely love Mascherano as a player I just wish he'd stayed around longer because yeah. when you especially when you think of where he was at I mean he was he couldn't even get a game ahead of like Hayden Mullins at like mm. West Ham at the yeah. time and like Pardew just didn't fancy him at all and he was you know, that some, weird
1: contract situation wasn't he? yeah he was yeah. like
2: third party ownership so yeah, they yeah. they were essentially had to buy him off off individuals yeah. rather than a than a club and it was yeah it was very murky and then it, it was yeah there was that sadness attached obviously you know nearly winning the league in 08-09 and then losing Alonso 2009 yeah. and then Mascherani 2010 as, as the club kind of like almost you know well went completely and utterly off the rails with Hicks and Gillette
0: yeah um top four player, liverpool players of all time like a mount rushmore top four um right i think i
2: this is really really hard isn't it i think for me personally i you know i know the debate rumbles on about gerard and and Leach. I, I i think because i never really watched kenny week in week out in his prime i think i would i would put i would put stephen Gerrard at the top yeah in terms of because i feel really blessed to have watched his career right from the start to the end and I think and also I think because he he didn't have the luxury that Kenny had of being surrounded by absolute quality in yeah. every department you know Gerard, yeah, graded, Gerard, Gerard carried Agreed, yeah. that team for, yeah. for years yeah. and also I think also the not just the longevity but like you know the big game contributions and the loyalty you know the fact that he could have left you know, dozens of times to inflate his medal collection and his bank balance and decided not to. So he almost went to Chelsea yeah. at
0: some stage. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 I mean everyone tried to tempt him away at, at some point. Um so yeah, Gerard one. Dogleash two. Um do you know what I'd i probably say Salah three.
1: Well oh, I think it's fair. Cool. I think it's, cool. it's fair.
2: I I I look, and yeah. I, don't, I think there's almost I don't feel like Salah gets the wider praise that he deserves and his, and exactly like career on, his, and yeah. his career's not done yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when you look at his you know, as we sit here now, he's closing in on 200 goals for Liverpool, and you look at the names he's he's gone past and and the rate at which he's done it yeah. as well for someone who's not an out and
1: out, you know. Striker, and he, yeah, and, and, and maybe because he came good late in his career, or not yeah. like, but not, it wasn't it was early, a light was bloomer, a,
2: yeah. He had a few setbacks, didn't you know, he? As well, like Chelsea didn't work out, Roma and, and yeah, Fiorentina, sort of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had yeah, a year yeah. there, didn't he? And so, you'd think it wasn't until they came to Liverpool that
1: you he really hear the stress, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And you, you know, if you ever want to have a laugh, look at like the replies to like the Sky Sports tweet and Liverpool did the deal to sign Salah because everyone was like, oh, you know, what a waste of money, you know, like, you know, what as if you know. He's a, he's a Premier League flop. And then, you know, then it was obviously when well, he scored 44 goals in his first season. It's like he's a one season yeah. wonder. And it's like he's the worst one season yeah, wonder, wonder yeah. ever because yeah, he's, he's done it. The most consistent player He's done he's it every, add, yeah. every year since. Yeah. So, um, so know. what am I allowed for? So I've got one yeah, more to go yeah. So, to Gerard one, Kenny two, Salah three. Rush.
1: <sighs> Suarez.
2: I mean, it's, yeah. It was, do you know what? I would probably put Suarez. That, 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 that's harsh on Rush. Um, but but yeah, just because okay. of just because of the wow factor.
1: And Suarez and also and did it with there. not a great team around yeah. him, where is he? Yeah. Like, I know. I mean, he's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Yeah, but yeah. But he, he had some fear. He had some fear. Yeah, you know, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. behind didn't him. him. He yeah. mustn't
2: have to play with Victor Moses, did he?
1: So. No, <laughs> no. I feel the same way about some of those United guys, the strikers that have you know, have been held up in lights over the years. Mate, if I had balls from Beckham coming from the <laughs> right and skulls from behind and geeks from the left, you probably you, know, yeah. you would have got it for yourself. You
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, it's time. It's competition time. Right. John right. versus James. I'm not
1: sure this is a fake. If, uh, <laughs> you I guys both imagine, the same question. I've got right? a dreadful memory.
0: It's first to say it. However, if it's one of those questions where it's like an exact number, it will <laughs> be 20. the closest. Okay. All right.
1: right. Okay. All right,
0: let's go. What nationality... Is Brentford striker Yovane Wizza.
1: <laughs> Um Wizzar is, um, is, he's, is he Zambian?
0: You're out, James. It's up to you. Gambian. He's from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Oh, we were both oh. close. <laughs> what number? <laughs> this could be quick. Does Jarral Kwanzaa wear? 48. No, you're out. <sighs> was on
2: last night? That was Scanlon, wasn't it, last night? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the short
0: version
2: of him. <laughs> um, fifty-two.
0: It it's seventy-eight. Oh guys, guys, guys. Now you got th- it's out of three right. now because we've both got we've all got incorrect <coughs> answers. Okay, this this will have a point because whoever's closest. <laughs> How many Premier League goals oh. does Harry Kane have?
1: I feel like I'm going to let James answer this first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's how many seasons? It's just two, three. Yeah, yeah. I've got a number, man.
0: Second all-time top scorer in the Premier League. Uh, um, Alan Shearer's first with two hundred
2: and sixty. I'm going to go two hundred and fifteen. Two
0: hundred
1: and fifteen. Now I could take two hundred and sixteen here, James, but I'm not. (laughs) I'm going to say two hundred and thirty-one.
0: Two thirty one and two fifteen. Yeah. James gets the points. It's two thirteen. Oh. Two thirteen. Yeah, two goals off. 10, maybe you if go. you didn't. Maybe if you didn't go to Bayern. Um, <laughs> first game, Klopp managed for Liverpool. What was the score? And who was it against? 0-0, Tottenham away. Half five. There you go. Killed it. You're out. You're I'm out. out. I'm done. What was the last question? I'm going to this call one. you Sheffield. Oh, um, oh, come on. What age is James Ward-Prowse? 28. Correct. 3-0. Oh, I've just got the
1: floor. God, to so be fair, he's does. like Liverpool to United. To be fair, James does do it for a living. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? People pay a lot of money to read this stuff. You know? yeah.
0: Just to wrap up, James, one more question. Yeah. Your number one all-time Liverpool football club moment. Oh.
2: Hmm. Can I have two? <laughs> sure, of course you can. So, so one one would be undoubtedly the moment if it wasn't a bit bittersweet. So, I was I was one of the few that was there when yep. Jordan Henderson lifted the Premier League trophy oh, yeah, in twenty twenty because of course it was behind closed doors yeah. and there was yeah. only probably three or four hundred people inside the stadium. But I don't think that can be my ultimate moment because it was so bittersweet because, yeah. you know, that over those 30 years, you know, you go through in your head all the different scenarios. You know, imagine what it's going to be like and what is going to be like when Liverpool finally win the league. Yeah. And then to be there, and it was like, this isn't how it should be. Yeah. So, you A know, global pandemic and, you know, all the seats were blacked out sheets on it to, yeah. to hide the fact that they're empty. And so that, so that would have been it. And and like it's it's kind of quirky in a way to be able to say I was there, but in terms of the moment, it would be Rigi's goal in Madrid that Agreed. killed off Tottenham in the Champions League final, because I knew that was my last game ever covering Liverpool for the Echo, wow. and especially on the back of having not been in Istanbul and I'd I'd been in Athens, I'd I'd been in Kiev, mm. you know, I'd, I'd I'd been in Basel for the defeat in the Europa League final as well. So it was like, yeah, that was that was incredible to like. To be there, and, and and of course, you know, I was I was at Barcelona for the semi-final fight back, which in its you know yeah. live you know for me is the greatest night I've ever had at Anfield. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that Liverpool actually went on and to see Liverpool lift the European Cup that night, that that was the pinnacle for me.
0: There you go. Thank you so much for coming on to no, Inside Right Today, episode twelve. Cheers, thanks. guys. We've got a gift for you. First of all, we have an Australian delicacy. Oh, thanks very Tim much. Tim Tams. Have that with oh. tea or coffee. Beautiful. And a inside right, you pay a shirt. Ah oh, so brilliant. There you go. Thank you very much James for coming on. Brilliant. Thanks very much
1: guys.